zero, zilch, zip, nada. That is what the New Mexico State Aggies put up on the Golden Gophers defense when it came to scoring. This Gophers team and this Gophers defense is here to prove once again it is top 10 in the nation. You are no locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Turns out, we're just keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday, and yesterday was game day. We're stoked. We got the dub. We're moving on to the next one. But there were a lot of promising things with this victory. We're going to give you a recap on today. We're going to talk about what went right for the Gophers, what went wrong for the Gophers, or what can be improved, and maybe a little bit of tidbits here and there that I noticed along the way. But it was a good day for the Golden Gophers overall. Now, first... Be sure to check us out over on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and build the community. And be sure to leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcast, so we can help others find the pod and join in on what we're getting started here with Locked On Golden Gophers. This is your go-to when it comes to daily Gophers content, the show where we always continue to row, and we're going to continue to talk about last night's victory for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Now, what happened? What happened was that the Gophers got a dub. They won 38-0. to zero. That's right, 38-0 to zip. The New Mexico State Aggies did not score. Coach Jerry Kill was back in Minnesota. And don't worry, folks, don't worry. There's video all over Twitter, all over wherever. Just go Google it if you need to. But Peter Fleck and Jerry Kill did indeed shake hands, not once, but twice. So we can put all that drama to rest. We can move on and focus on the football at hand because football is back, baby. Football is here and it's ready to keep on rolling on. It's going to be a jam-packed week weekend of college football, but the Gophers got their first game in and start 1-0. New Mexico State has now played two games and has zero wins, two losses. Now, what stood out to me in this game? Well, the Gophers came out hot. They came out the gates on the first drive, and they didn't run the ball right away. In fact, they had two pass plays back-to-back, the first being a play-action play for 15 yards reception, two Chris Ottman Bell, then you had a 26-yard rip to Michael Brown Stevens, then Mo had his first carry for 16 yards right after that. You're talking bang, bang, bang. Three in a row. All three could be considered explosive plays because they were all above 15 yards. And so you're talking three explosives from the jump. I'm sorry, but the New Mexico State Aggies are going to hate watching 
this film back, especially on that first drive. So you've got those three. Then you had a Mo run for like two yards. Then you had an eight-yard pass to Dalen Wright. And then you had a Mo Ibrahim touchdown. So it was just all systems go right from the jump. You started off that first drive with Tanner going three for three for 46 yards. And then you had Mo Ibrahim out there with 26 yards and a touchdown on four touches. You can't ask for better on the offense for how they started out. You love to see every second of that first drive was very, very, very nice. Now, overall, the things to take away from this game is one, Mo is back. We've been talking about it for weeks now. We've been talking about it throughout fall camp. I've told you firsthand I'm seeing him. He looks fluid. He looks confident. He looks like himself. He's putting it into his own words saying he is 100% back, no hesitations, anytime he was asked a question. Well, he put a lot of fans, analysts, you name it, he put all of their worries to rest because he went out there and absolutely balled out. Your boy had 132 rushing yards on 21 attempts, plus two touchdowns. And if P.J. felt like it, he could have had three touchdowns, maybe even four, because Tanner Morgan also had two rushing touchdowns of his own, both coming from the one-yard line, QB sneak punching it in. Those both could have been touches to Mo if, if the necessity was there. If we were playing a team that it was a close game, Maybe you do do that. Maybe you, who knows? But what I'm saying is the opportunity for him to have a four-touchdown game tonight was a possibility. This Gophers team lit it up on the ground. They ran it down New Mexico State's throat. Like, seriously. They just, they didn't hold back. And, And most of it was just controlling and chewing the clock. But also, there wasn't holding back. There wasn't saving ourselves from scores. In fact, we were 6 for 6 in the red zone. 6 for 6 overall. So, we were 100% in the red zone. Now, the highlight of the game tonight for some fans, not necessarily all fans, but there was an unusual thing that happened in which a squirrel was on the field and the student section was roaring. It was pretty entertaining overall. But let's talk about how this game finished out defensively. Total yardage-wise, Minnesota gave up 91 total yards, with 39 of those yards coming in the fourth quarter against the twos, whereas Minnesota had 430 yards, total yards. So we're talking a difference of 430 yards to 91 yards. Think about that. Think about that. Minnesota dominated this game, as they should, because this was an opponent that was inferior. That's not a power five. That's not. It's an opponent that we knew was not up to the par in the caliber of this team. And this team did what it's supposed to and showed out and showed how big of a difference it is. They covered the spread. The spread finished out at 36.5 points, and the Gophers won 38-0. to zero. So the one thing that really baffled me and other analysts in the press box for the game was the fact, was Jerry Kill trying to win the game? Like, 
You're down 38 points, and you attempted 12 passes. How are you going to get back in the game if you have 12 pass attempts when you're down by 38 points? Like, are you trying? I mean, it just didn't make sense. But before we dive into where we went right and where we went wrong, we're going to start with where we went wrong. we got to start with the negative and pick ourselves back up with the positive. That's coming up next. But first, a message from the NHTSA Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that could happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself at danger, but you put everyone around you in danger. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high. Get a DUI. So this is Locked On Golden Gophers. It's your boy Kane Rob, host of the show. I truly appreciate you. Press subscribe down below. I promise you these shows are going to just get more and more and more beneficial. They're going to get more entertaining. They're going to get more production value as we continue to roll along. But we're building the community first. I can't build and grow until we grow as a community. So be sure to hit subscribe down below. Now, thank you for making Locked on Gophers your first listen when it comes to Gophers sports daily. And so let's talk about where we went wrong in this game. So overall, the O-line held held solid. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't fantastic. But you can't expect perfection with four new offensive line starters. Now, overall, the run game, the run blocking was fairly efficient. The running backs did some of that on their own as well. But the O-line looked good in the run game. Now, the passing game, there were some hiccups here and there. There was some pockets collapsing on Tanner every once in a while, having to kind of move out or move up within the pocket to try and find a receiver open, to try and create a window or an opportunity for him to get the ball out of his hands. And there were even times where he had to use his legs to scramble. Third and 12, and he scrambles out and gets the first down. I don't know about you, but married man Tanner got something else in his bag. He's got a little juice, gas in the tank. He's juiced up, ready to go, because I don't think we would have saw Tanner Morgan hitting that third and 12 with his legs for the first down. So congrats to the married man. I hope we continue to see it throughout the, the year. So... Tanner had five rushes for 22 yards and two touchdowns. Now, yes, that might not seem like a lot, but this is Tanner Morgan we're talking about. He's not really the guy that's out there rushing for 50-plus yards and multiple scores. So we'll take 22-2, and even though both of those scores came from the one-yard line on QB sneak. So overall, I liked what I saw from Tanner, not only on the ground, but in the passing game. Our passing numbers, we passed for a completion rate of 70%, which is very efficient. 
We were efficient with the ball, which you love to see. We talked about that with Tristan, is that we wanted to see a Tanner that was efficient. And Tristan called it. Tristan said Tanner Morgan will be the player of the game. And not necessarily, he also called that he would pass for less than 225 yards. So he got that right. And he said he would be the player of the game. Now, when he said that to me, I was like, how is that going to work out, bro? Like, player of the game, but less than 225 yards as a quarterback. What what are you doing there? He was right. He was right. Tanner Morgan punched it in for two scores, had a huge third down conversion with his legs, was a very efficient and had a great completion percentage, made smart passes, and in fact, there were two to three drops by the Gophers. Now, they didn't all get credited as drops, but there were two to three that should have been catches that were dropped, that were good passes or great passes that hit the guys in the hands. So he could have had an even better night statistically. I do think that he was one of the obvious choices for player of the game in this game, even though the numbers don't seem extremely sexy for a quarterback. Now, Mo would also be in that conversation. He was my choice for offensive player of the game, and I feel comfortable with it. 21 attempts for 132 yards. Yes, yes, that is going right, but we're supposed to be talking about where we're going wrong. So let me let me take a step back. Let me talk about where we went wrong. I apologize for getting on tangent. You know, I'm hyped from the win. So just just give me give me some leeway for these next 24 hours and then we'll be back at it and cruising the right way. Now, overall, the thing that I said though is that they didn't give Tanner a whole lot of time in the pocket when it came to pass blocking. There were some moments where the offensive line was collapsing a bit. Now there were three drops and I just mentioned drops. So drops were a little bit of an issue, especially since we didn't pass the ball a ton tonight. But we had three drops that came to mind for me. Now, one of them for sure wasn't credited as a drop, which was by Michael Brown-Stevens. But he had one that was credited as a drop later on in the night. So he had two drops, and Dalen Wright had one drop as well. Now, that one, I didn't see if it was credited as a drop or not officially. He had the ball clearly in his hands, and I don't know if it got punched out or what happened. He took some contact. I thought it was a catch. His back was to me. And then I looked up and all of a sudden they said incomplete. And I was like, whoa, what happened? So that was three clear balls that we should have caught. Now, another thing I think where we went wrong is we need to get Brevin Span Ford the ball. Like he is a mismatch nightmare. He has been open. He had some big plays tonight when they finally got him the ball. He was sure handed. But it's like we're not really looking that way now. One thing I thought to myself, and this is me just overanalyzing and overthinking, but one thing I thought to myself was maybe we're not getting him super involved in these first two especially games because we're saving that moment, that opportunity, that part of the playbook for when we hit the Big Ten play, when we hit those big games, to use Brevin in a way that he can be advantageous to us. Now again, I think that's probably me overanalyzing things, and that is not... A legitimate thing but Brevin was open underneath all game long he's a mismatch in the end zone all game long so that's one thing I truly do think we need to get better at because we saw it in camp and it looked phenomenal we see 
the size, the build, the traits, and we don't use it. We're just saying Ryan Burns, friend of the show, literally says, let's get the man five targets a game. Five targets a game, that's it. Five targets is not that hard. So let's make that happen because he is a talent that we don't get all the time. You only get that type of talent every so often, so we need to use it. Now, another negative of what went wrong, playing our starters when we're up 31 in the late third quarter. I truly think we should have got some of the backups in earlier, earlier. Now, I know PJ was rotating guys in throughout the game, but I'm saying get them in full-time earlier because then you see don't see things like Axel Rushmeyer, the left guard starter, going down with an injury in the third quarter with four minutes left and you're up by 31 points. Now, he was able to walk off, but it was with a noticeable limp. It seemed to be his right leg, and hopefully we know more about that within the coming week, but it just seems like we should have gotten those guys in earlier. And then lastly, the last thing that really stood out to me as a where we went wrong was in the second half, and it was penalties. First half, we had a clean game. Second half, we had two holding penalties. We had two defensive pass interferences, and those were what helped keep the only drive where New Mexico State had any semblance of success. Those were what helped keep that drive alive. So the late penalties, the stupid penalties, that is also where we went wrong. Now next, we're going to talk about where we went right. All right, so let's talk about where we went right. I already talked about our run game. Our run game was fantastic tonight. We had Mo with 21 attempts, 132 yards, and two touchdowns. You had Trey Potts with 17 attempts, 89 yards, and a touchdown. You had Tanner Morgan with five attempts, 22 yards, and two touchdowns. So that's five rushing touchdowns. Then you had Bryce Williams with four rushes, 25 yards. You had Jordan Newbin got his first official carries of his career and had five touches for 16 yards. Cole Kramer had a rush for five yards. And then Max Grand also had three rushes for 10 yards. All of that equaling out to 57 attempts for 297 yards. We kept the clock running. We kept possession of the ball. We kept, kept the possession time. I believe our final possession time was 44 minutes. 44 minutes. We used almost all of the clock out on them. And you see what we did with it. We were effective on the ground. We punched it in. We were 6 for 6 in the red zone. So that run game was rock star tonight. The only thing that might have been even more rock star was the defense. They gave up... 49 total yards at halftime to New Mexico State. By the time we finished the third quarter, it was 48 total yards or something around there. I believe actually it was a little bit more. They had gotten a very late, at one point, with like one minute left in the third quarter, New Mexico State had a total of negative six yards total in the third quarter. But on the last play of the third quarter, I believe they got like a seven or eight yard run. So they had a couple yards 
But then due to another sack in the later half of or later earlier part of the fourth quarter, they went back to 48 total yards. There was a moment where they had 48 total yards in the fourth quarter. Now, once we started working in more of the backups, more of the twos guys, eventually New Mexico State ended up finishing this game with 91 yards, like I said, but 39 of those yards came in the late half of that game. So this defense is showing you it is legit. It is, first of all, fast. That was what I wanted to talk about is that the speed of this defense is very present recovery speed there was a near pick by wally on like the third play of the game where pavia who started at quarterback threw the ball on a on a curl route and wally flew back to the ball it looked like he intercepted it it was initially called an interception but upon review it was deemed that the ball hit the ground first before the catch so unfortunately the interception did not stick But the recovery speed by Wally there was fantastic. It was fantastic. Then you talk about closing speed with guys like Kyler Bond, Mariano Sorimarin, who smacked Pavio, who was running, scrambling out to the right sideline, to the opponent's sideline. It looked like he had it. uh, it. It looked like a boot play. It looked like he was making his way. He had a lot of opportunity for positive yardage. And both Mariano and Kyler Baugh were flying, I mean, moving across this field, closing speed. And I believe he got like one yard, maybe two yards on the play. But I was like, man. And on top of that, Mariano smacked him. I mean, he popped him. So the speed of this Gophers defense is just super impressive. And then we also saw examples of speed in the backfield. There was a point where uh, Pavio threw a screen route and it looked like, oh, like I even heard another analyst like a couple seats away from me say, ooh, that's a nice play. And the screen, it looked like it should pop outside for like seven yards, maybe eight yards. No, Flip Dixon, and I can't remember who was playing the corner on that side, flew in the backfield and stopped the screenplay for a one-yard gain. I'm saying this defense is fast. And even Mariano Sorimarin and Thomas Rush, after the game, talked about how the speed of this defense, it's definitely the fastest defense they've played in. You can check that out on my Twitter, at 4KNRobVideo. You can see that video there. But the defense is flying. And on top of that, they were... uh, Last I looked, two and eight on third downs, so they gave up two successful third downs out of eight attempts. Let me double check that just to make sure. And as I double check it, I'm wrong. We are in fact two for nine. So they had two completions on third down as opposed to the nine attempts they had on third down. Terrible success rate there. Their completion percentage for the game was 33% overall. They completed four passes on their 12 attempts. Again, I don't know how you pass for 12 attempts when you're down 38, but even when they were attempting to pass the ball, it was not successful. You're talking about the freshman quarterback who came in middle to the beginning of the second quarter and played the rest of the game was two for seven, and the starting quarterback who played a quarter in a minute maybe was two for five. Now, on top of that, we did force one turnover, an interception, tee time, came away with the pick, and 
It should have been two. Well, it was nearly two. It shouldn't have been because the ball did hit the ground. We'll give it to him. But it was nearly two interceptions. It's hard to force interceptions when they're only passing the ball 12 times. So the fact that we came away with one is impressive in its own right. And on top of that, we forced five penalties. This defense is legit. They showed you they were legit last year, and they're showing you again in It's time to buy in. It's time to believe it. And it's time to give the Gophers defense and Coach Joe Rossi some respect. In fact, here is what Coach P.J. Fleck had to say about Coach Joe Rossi at the press conference after. Oh, Joe Rossi's a stud. Uh, Our defense staffs are studs. Uh, They're very smart. Uh, They give a lot to the program. They sacrifice a lot for the program. Their kids and their wives sacrifice a lot for the program. And then when you watch those players, they give everything they have for each other, for the staff, for the University of Minnesota. Um, it's, it, it, it's amazing. Uh, we rotated a lot of guys in there. I, I don't have the final statute of how many players played, but you'll figure that out, I'm sure. Daniel will have that here in about 10 minutes, right? And have everybody's heart rate, and what they're, you know, the, how many times the right hand hit the left shoulder and why that caused a negative play. And he'll have all that. But they played with relentless energy. They were incredibly focused, and they knew the game plan inside and out. That's a credit to the players. So like I said, the defense was special, the run game was special, and then the efficiency was pretty nice in this game as well. As I said, six for six in red zone attempts, zero penalties in the entire first half. They were 11 for 14 on third down completions, or on third down attempts. They were 11 successful attempts on third down of their 14 tries. And they had time of possession of 44 minutes and 30 seconds. So three-fourths of the game, the Gophers had the ball in their hands on offense. That is the strength of this Gophers team. That is how these Gophers want to play is the defense playing hot, fast, and quick and getting the ball back into the offense's hands to control the clock. This was exactly what this type of team wants to do this team wants to be that type of team but just because we had 57 rushing attempts to 23 passing attempts doesn't mean that we're not balancing it out it's just that we didn't need it as much in this game tanner morgan 13 for 19 68 percent completion 174 yards passing you can't hate on that it was a good showing from tanner morgan overall and a good showing from the gophers that's going to do it for us on today's episode of locked on golden gophers uh we'll talk a little bit more about the gophers and reflect some more on monday but i don't want to make this too long for you so take it easy this is kane rob signing off have a great one i'll see you on monday